I want to personally invite you to join me and all the other Brock stars for this year's 13th live and in-person plant stock event outside of Asheville, North Carolina in the little town of Black Mountain. It's 1,500 acres is loaded with wildlife, trees, trails, streams. It is a nature wonderland. And what's also a wonderland are all the incredible speakers that you get to hang with all weekend long, like Jane and Ann Esselstyn, Dr. Will Bolshewitz of Fiberfueled, Carly Bodrug, Miss Plant U, Dr. Gemma Newman is over from the UK. We have Dr. Don Musalem from the Mayo Clinic, John Mackey, the ex-CEO of Whole Food Market Stores, myself, Brian Hart, and a special appearance by the Plant Bros. Here's the kicker. All these Brock stars are there from Friday till Sunday, and they want to rub elbows with all of you, whether it's over buffets of Plant Strong Fair for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, whether it's going on an afternoon hike, a swim, pickleball, frisbee golf, kickball, cornhole, dancing. We're having live music. It's all there in this fun weekend extravaganza that we affectionately call Plant Stock. Simply go to liveplantstrong.com and then click on Plant Stock 2024 and grab yourself a ticket before they sell out. See you there. And so I, in some ways, I'm certainly not his intellectual equal, but I can empathize with Galileo, uh, knowing how when you know a truth and you know it to be true, you can't turn your back on it. You just won't let you sleep and with good conscience. You, you, you just can't pretend. You know, they say once you look behind the curtain, you can't pretend you don't know what's behind the curtain. And yeah, those yeah. of us in plant-based nutrition, we've seen these diseases go away with a plant-based diet. We know we've looked behind the curtain. Season three of the Plant Strong Podcast explores those Galileo moments where you seek to understand the real truth around your health and dare to see the world through a different lens. This season, we honor those courageous seekers who are paving the way for you and me. So grab your telescope, point it towards your future, and let's get Plant Strong together. Here we are, Dr. Michael Clapper. I want to welcome you to season three, three of the Plant Strong podcast. You were on season one. You've been on season two. And now you're, you are leading off. You're the lead hitter for, for season three. I can't think of anybody that I'd like to have more to kick it off. Well, thank you, Rip. It's good to be with yeah. you. Your oh, yeah. Uh, so in season three... What we want to do is we really want to highlight those courageous truth seekers that are paving the way for everybody else. And for example, for myself, the person that really paved the way for me and, and showed, me, showed me the light was my father, right? And, and, and his research, yeah, yeah, right, in, in, in preventing and reversing, you know, coronary heart disease. Um, and so... I would love to just kick this off by asking you, like, so who, is there somebody maybe going back to the early 17th century 
that um, was a true, courageous, true seeker that inspired you and still does to this day? Well, to, uh, to state the obvious, uh, <laughs> and in and this beautiful season that we're in, uh, I know it's not cool to talk about dates when you're doing a recording because people may want to be watching this in the summer, uh, but we're getting near Christmas of 2020, and up in the sky, something really remarkable is happening. The planet Jupiter is lining up with the planet Saturn. This happens only once every 800 years. It's a beautiful sight to see, and Mars uh, is bright orange. Uh, it's quite close to us now. And so every time I walk outside in the evening, I look up and I see these wonderful planets moving around, how beautiful the sky is. Uh, and I can't help but think of uh, one of the heroes of mine and, and this intellectual pursuit, uh, and that's Galileo Galilei uh, from Italy back in 1610. Um, when back then people thought that the earth was the center of the universe, it does not move, everything moves around the earth. And it wasn't a crazy observation. The stars appear to rise in the east and set in the west. The sun rises in the east, sets in the west. Everything does look like it's going around the earth. Uh, but uh, Galileo uh, had some ideas that it wasn't. Some things happened in the sky that made it very hard to explain if the sun was really the center of the universe. I won't go into it, but every once in a while the, the planets go backward in retrograde motion. And it's hard to explain that uh, if we're at the center of the universe. Uh, the reason why, of course, is every year as the Earth passes Mars and Jupiter, uh, like you passing a car on the highway, they appear to go backwards for a little bit. Uh, and uh, that's retrograde motion, another sign that the Earth is moving. But Galileo didn't uh, focus on that so much. He suspected it, didn't focus so much on that till that fateful night in 1610 when he made a little telescope and looked up at uh, the planet Jupiter and saw these four beautiful pearl-like moons going around Jupiter. And he realized at that point that everything that people were saying was wrong, that the, uh, that the Earth's not the center of the universe. Here's four objects clearly not going around the Earth. They're going around Jupiter. Anybody can see that if they bother to look. And he runs down to the local uh, official kingdom constabulary there and the, uh, the Doge's palace, sets up his telescope and says, everybody, come and look. The professors, the scientists, the priests, come and look. We're not the center of the universe. There's four objects not going around Earth. Oh, they didn't want to look through the telescope. Boy, they, they, uh, uh, that, that, would, that blows their whole uh, hold on power there. Uh, but yet he knew he was right, and they inflicted all sorts of punishments on him. He spent his last years in house arrest. He was forced to sign a recantation. But as he signed the recantation, he mumbled under his breath, but it does move the earth. It does move around the sun. He just knew it in his soul, and he couldn't betray it. And the same thing now with, with nutrition in, uh, in health and disease and the, the absence of it in medical education, when the reality is the majority of diseases, most doctors spend their lives treating the obesity and diabetes, high blood pressure, it's from what their patients are eating. And yet our colleagues, they don't wanna look through that telescope. Uh, that that uh, it would change a whole lot of the game from, from the science to the monetary reimbursement. And so I, in some ways, I'm certainly not his intellectual equal, but I can empathize with Galileo, uh, knowing how 
when you know a truth and you know it to be true, you can't turn your back on it. It just won't let you sleep and with good conscience. You, you, you just can't pretend. You know, they say, once you look behind the curtain, you can't pretend you don't know what's behind the curtain. And yeah. those of us in plant-based nutrition, we've seen these diseases go away with a plant-based diet. We know we've looked behind the curtain. And so now it's a matter of getting that word out and helping our colleagues wake up. But uh, Galileo's example certainly inspires me to this day, including the suffering he went through. Uh, but uh, hopefully we won't have, we'll have a better lot than he had. So did, he, did Galileo end up dying in prison? Uh, well, they, he died in, in house arrest. Uh, they, they, he, had a, um, he had a house in Padua, I think, and there were guards stationed outside. He never left the house. He was under house arrest. Uh, they, they were going to put him in prison, but they, know he, they knew he'd die in prison. That would make them look bad. So they just put him in house arrest there. But he essentially was in jail for the rest of his life, yes. Yeah. So what you, if I'm not mistaken, you majored in medicine, mm -hmm. right? And you minored in astronomy. Uh, yes, I did. Uh -huh. And at all of our medical immersion programs that you, that you attend, especially the one in Sedona, uh -huh. you know, we, we have a special night where you come out with your magic wand and you put on your, your great Gandalf hat and you give us an education on uh, on the stars and the galaxies and it is it is something to behold but my question to you is what has been your fascination with astronomy and the stars and the planets and and galaxies well since i was a little boy i've been so fascinated with the natural world one just because of its beauty and its magic and the animals and the power of the ocean and and each creature has its own secrets, its own nature. I, I just love things for the way they are. But then when I started my education and realized that not only things are as they are, but we can understand they follow natural law. Uh, and water always flows downhill. And when you take a breath in and lower the oxygen, uh, the pressure in your lungs, air moves in. Uh, things in this world move according to natural law. Uh, and then when I was in my pre-med studies in University of Illinois, well, I've been fascinated with the nighttime sky since I was a little boy in Wisconsin looking up at the summer sky and seeing all these stars. I couldn't imagine you could understand the chaos up there. But when, during my pre-med uh, days at the U of I, I decided to minor in astronomy. And there the two came together. There, not only there were the planets uh, up there, just where my instructor said they would be. But they move in obedience to natural law, Kepler's laws uh, about how things move along or around their, their path is so predictable. You can predict eclipses hundreds of years in the future or yeah. look in the back. Uh, the beauty of, of the natural world combined with the logic of natural law, uh, I, how can I not look up and, and, and want to understand more about it? So uh, astronomy is just a great synthesis of those two great loves in my life. Did uh, just, I think it was last night or the night before, there was some uh, meteors that were, I guess, going to be visible. Did you happen to see those at all? Uh, no, those would probably be the Perseid meteor showers. But uh, no, I was uh, into my computer probably too. I've missed too many meteor showers. Uh, one of the great regrets of my life is that uh, the meteor showers I've missed uh, because I've been working in the evenings. But they're beautiful if you go out and see them. Have you ever uh, seen uh, Halley's Comet? 
always saw Holly's Comet. I sure did. I remember that, 1986 or 7. Boy, there was that lovely band uh, just on the horizon. And I was down in Florida at the time. And yes, I saw it. I felt myself so privileged. And um, apparently Mark Twain was born when, when Haley's Comet came around, lived his whole life, and 76 years later died on when Haley's Comet was coming around again. It, it's such a beautiful, beautiful sight to see. Yeah, no, not a not a bad way to be born and then uh, also to go. Really, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. All, all could be as lucky. Yeah. Uh, so, what was did did you personally have a a Galileo moment where you saw the truth in 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 medicine and plant based nutrition? Oh my, I sure did. I was uh, working as a uh, resident in anesthesiology in 1981 uh, in Vancouver. Uh, and I'm on the, um, the cardiovascular anesthesia service. Uh, day after day, I'm putting people to sleep and watching surgeons open their chests and open the arteries in their heart and pulling this yellow guck out of their arteries called atherosclerosis. And I knew what that stuff was. There are already studies in the literature. Clearly, it's the fat and cholesterol people are eating. Uh, and my dad died of clogged arteries. I know I've got those genes. And I knew that if I didn't change my diet, because there were studies already in the journals saying that if you, now if you get on a whole food plant-based diet, these plaques in the arteries melt away. Uh, and I knew if I didn't get on that train, I was going to be laying on that operating table with that striker saw going up my sternum. Sure didn't <laughs> want that. And uh, so I changed my diet. I, I went, I, I had visited some friends who were vegans, ate their food for a week, lost, uh, lost a, a bunch of weight, even though I was stuffing myself with all these wonderful vegan dishes. Um, so I decided at that point to, to change my diet and I went whole food plant-based. Within 12 weeks, my body transformed my uh, a 20 pound spare tire around my waist of fat melted away. My high blood pressure went to normal. My high cholesterol went to normal. I felt great waking up in a nice lean body. And there was no arguing with this. I was eating more food than ever. But it's mostly fiber and water and, and whole plant foods. And you wind up nice and lean from this. And this was so powerful to me uh, because my dad, because of what I see in the operating room, uh, and I felt great. Yeah, man, it was nice to be 20 pounds lighter. My muscles were strong. Felt wonderful. So, so there was, again, that was a curtain moment. There was no, no pretending I didn't see this. And so I left anesthesia and went back to general practice and, uh, and started uh, working with my patients to send them to my friends who taught them plant-based cooking. And within two weeks, uh, my, I had patients uh, with diabetes calling me saying I'm, my blood sugar is going dropping down to 40. And I said those fateful words, stop your insulin. You know, when I said that, I thought there'd be a puff of smoke. And the <laughs> ghost of my internal medicine professor would appear saying, what did you say? Stop his insulin. Don't you know one's on insulin, always on insulin. Nobody gets off insulin. But clearly, uh, this man no longer had diabetes. He lost 40 pounds. He was feeling great. And so off his diabetes medicine. Within a week or two, my high blood pressure patients were calling me saying they're standing up and they're getting lightheaded because their blood pressure is dropping. And I said those fateful words, stop your blood pressure medication. Uh, and I thought there'd be another puff of smoke. You know, <laughs> this is lifetime medication. No one gets off it. And so when I started having these experiences, talk about a Galileo moment. You can't turn your back on these experiences. As a physician, 
this is what you want for your patients to get off these medications. And so what, between what happened in my own life and what was happening with my patients, there, there's no going back uh, at that point. You know, the, the door, the book is wide open and the, and the truth is jumping off the pages there. So I became a plant-based uh, physician uh, and advocate back in 1981, uh, you know, 40 years ago almost. Wow. And, um, and they're, I'm the happiest doctor I know. I, I, my patients get healthy right, right in front of my eyes. And it's happened now hundreds and hundreds of times in my practice and with my colleagues, uh, all of us plant-based docs, we all know the same thing. We see the same thing. And uh, it's a joyous kind of medicine, but we're still in the minority. Our colleagues, they want to just keep doing those bypasses and bypassing the truth of it, you know? And uh, so we still got a bit of work to do here to say the least. But that, that is so, it is so incredible to me that your colleagues, your, the other physicians somehow haven't, um, haven't ever looked through the telescope. They haven't seen the truth and they are currently not treating, you know, the majority of the chronic Western diseases in an effective, uh, appropriate way. And, and, I mean, do you think it's just because they're not willing to look through the telescope or is there something else going on as well? Well, there's a big something else. There's three or four something else's. Um, first of all, I give them credit. Uh, I, give them, I cut them a lot of slack in that we're never taught about nutrition. It, we, they just blow right past it in medical school. You just got to learn about physical diagnosis and biochemistry and physiology. Uh, nutrition is barely even mentioned. It's not respected as a science. Uh, nutrition, ah, send them to the dietitian. I don't have time for that. I'm up in the emergency room doing real medicine. I'm in the OR doing real medicine. And so it's not respected as a, as a discipline, yeah. which is ironic and sad because they're all in the emergency room and the operating room dealing with the infections and the infarctions and the amputations from what their patients are eating. They're all dealing with nutritionally based diseases that could be reversed in the outpatient clinic before you have to do the amputation and do the, the vascular procedure. You could, most of these diseases will reverse with a healthy diet. So that's the second reason, you know, we're not taught about it, we don't respect it. And third, the doctors are eating the same foods themselves. They're eating the burgers in the hospital cafeteria. They get out and practice or eating steaks and lobsters. They don't want to tell their patients don't eat meat. Uh, and so they, and, and it's so threatening to them that they have to change their own diet that they just, they don't want to open that book. They don't want to look behind that curtain. And, um, and these are the, the, these are the, the, the three-headed hydra that we're, we're trying to slay here to tell our colleagues, listen, it's simple. It's the same food you're already eating. And whether you're, you know, this, the only sacrifice you're being asked to make is order the, beef, the bean chili instead of the beef chili. You know, it's not that big a sacrifice, but it makes all the difference in the world when it comes to health and, uh, and not running that animal fat and, and the sugars and the oils and all that processed junk to our arteries. We're, we're plant eating hominids uh, like our gorilla cousins are. And if we just eat a whole plant-based diet, most of these diseases go away. And, and it, that's such good news. We want our, our colleagues to know about it, but uh, they're still very reluctant because they say, listen, I, I don't know anything about nutrition. I don't have time. I got a waiting room full of patients that I only have six minutes between patients and I get paid for it. So, so why in the world should I spend time on this? And then those are formidable obstacles. And so uh, we're trying to get nutrition education into medical schools. And so it's at least discussed. 
And that's what our Moving Medicine Forward initiative is about, is to get, get the med students to understand that you know, food is, is primary here. And, but there are ways to, to reward the doctor for um, at least referring to a plant-based dietitian, let her or him do the counseling. And you, doctor just needs to see the patient back once a month to make sure they're doing better. So by enlisting colleagues, it, it takes away one excuse that I don't, I don't have time or I don't have the knowledge. And third, uh, they don't get paid for it. Well, as I said, you know, pay the dietitian for her or his counseling. Uh, but also there's ways to to change the way the cash flows in the, in the reimbursement system. So the doctor is paid for keeping the patient healthy and there, there's value-based reimbursements uh, schemes that are being devised now. Now for every CEO that doesn't go down with a heart attack, uh, the, his company still stays functional. He, they're still paying taxes. They're employing people. There's value for keeping people healthy. And, and the insurance companies are sitting on so much money, they'll be glad to pay the doctor $10,000 for, for, um, for every patient or every 10 years who doesn't have a heart attack. There, there's ways to, to change, you know, the bean counters have to change the way the beans are flowing, but that could be done. We're working on that as well. So we're at the coal face, slogging away here, chipping away against the resistance uh, to, and that's why I'm, we're talking to the medical students before pharmacosclerosis sets in their brain that they think that <laughs> drugs are the only treatment. Um, so we're chipping away at it and we're making progress. The good news is that um, and now when I go uh, lecture at medical schools or do these Zoom uh, visitations now, in every medical school class now, especially the first, second, third year classes, there's always 30 or 40 students. They've seen films like Forks Over Knives. They've seen What the Hell. They've seen Game Changers. Uh, they've, uh, and the light's on. They, they know yeah. something, something's up with this. So that's such a ray of hope, a ray of light there. We'll, we'll, we'll get this message done. So or get a message across. So hopefully in 10 years, no patient sees their doctor without being asked, by the way, what are you eating these days? Uh, take me through your eating day. I want every doctor asking every patient that question. And yeah. medicine will change at that time. As we kick off this new season of the Plant Strong podcast, we have lots of changes to share with all of you. Over the past 12 months, like so many of you, we have been working to reimagine what it means to move about this new world. In 2020, we transitioned all of our in-person events to online experiences. And as a result, I feel incredibly blessed to have met thousands more of you than I ever would have been able to at our live physical retreats. The Engine 2 Food Line has completed its 10-year contract inside Whole Food Market stores as part of their exclusive brand's portfolio. So you've likely noticed those products disappearing from store shelves. The good news is now for the first time, we are able to relaunch the food line on our own. You'll be hearing more about this exciting transition in the weeks to come, but for now, you can find a handful of our customer favorites at plantstrongfoods.com, including our 100% whole grain stone-baked pizza crust kits. These now come with perfectly portioned pouches of Plant Strong pizza sauce and have been insanely popular. They sell out every time we get a new freshly batched baked shipment 
And I think that's because there's nothing like them on the market. They're oil-free. They're made from five ingredients that you can pronounce every ingredient. And they are, in my opinion, the best foundation to build a pizza. Living Plant Strong is not about deprivation. It's about loving food that loves you back. Visit plantstrongfoods.com to get your pizza kit shipped straight to your door and keep checking back. We have some super great products in the pipeline for you, both tried and true items, and some new meal solutions as well. Also, new for 2021, we are launching the new and improved Plant Strong Challenge on January 9th. This free seven-day experience is designed to help you reset after the holidays, or let's face it, after all of 2020, and will give you a streamlined refresher into all the tenets of the lifestyle, plus a community of like-minded folks to share the journey with you. Discover the benefits, find the joy, eat more plants. Join the challenge today at plantstrong.com. Finally, I'm pleased to share that we will be opening the registration window for our first 2021 season of the Rescue 10X coaching program. If you don't know, Rescue 10X is our premium 10-week group coaching program designed to help you build and sustain the habits of successful Plant Strong living. You'll spend 10 weeks with a team of Plant Strong coaches supporting you on your success path with live weekly calls, at-home activities, a robust curriculum, and real-life application. We only offer this program at select times during the year, so visit plantstrong.com today for all the details. Thank you for being part of this community. I look forward to sharing more updates with you in the coming weeks. So you mentioned that um, <clears throat> you know you have been in the minority. You still are in the minority with you know basically trying to, trying to say as you're one of your famous quotes is it's the food <laughs> it's the food it's the food and it's been the food all along right <laughs> there it is it's the food it's, it's been, been the food been the food all along yeah, thank absolutely. you thank you but but um do you feel like you're still an outlier or do you feel oh, less absolutely less? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely it's a fast food world you know and look at the tv commercials and the uh, the whole uh the, there's a whole set of 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 forces trying to keep people where they are to keep that money flowing. Don't worry about how sick and, and dead the, pay, the clients get or the public gets as long as we keep making our profits there. And that's a huge motivator. And the way medicine is set up now, you get paid for doing things to patients, not for talking to them. You get paid for cutting them and reaming them out and, and doing procedures. And again, that's barn door medicine. The cow's already out of the barn by the time you're repairing the bypassing one little artery in their heart when they're when every artery in their body's clogged up. You know, the, but you get paid for doing those individual procedures, and it's a huge obstacle to overcome. No. You no, you, you know what? You are exactly right. I've talked to my father before and he has told me that he has counseled uh, this. This is a particular 47 um, year old male who came to him, had 47 stents. I didn't even know it was possible to have that many stents. Really? Oh. Isn't that, it's, it's, just, it's just incredible. And so these cardiologists are basically playing surgical whack-a-mole 
right? It's like, yes, oh, yeah. let's get that one. Let's get that one. You know, getting, you know, 50 to 150,000 per procedure. Jeff Nelson has a, uh, I don't know if you saw it, but he has a video that recently came out on VedSource where he talks about the average income of a freshman interventional cardiologist is $640,000. So where's the motivation for them to basically say, you know what, broccoli, steel cut oats, black beans, you know, quinoa, amaranth, <laughs> green leafies, or hey, you know what, come back whenever you feel like it, just keep eating what you're eating. Ah, exactly. The, the, the game is rigged, their game is tilted you know, in that direction. Uh, yeah. you know, in ancient China, I'm told that you pay the doctor while you're well. And as soon as you get sick, the money stops and uh, motivates the doctor to keep, to keep you well. <laughs> uh, and we need some incarnation of that, uh, some iteration of that kind of system. Because uh, you're right, it's so tilted in there towards disease. Um, and uh, like, that, like Dean Ornish says, you know, people are, there's a cliff and people are falling off the cliff. You can spend all your money putting ambulances at the base of the cliff, but why don't you go up there and put a fence across the cliff so nobody falls? You know, they, yeah. but there, but we're, but that's those are ambulances that uh, the, the, the spent guys are, are working on that level. Yeah, and yeah. it's bankrupt, and it's going to bankrupt us because nobody's getting healthier. Yep. No, yeah. we 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 needed a new paradigm, Absolutely. and that's why I I love and you you just touched upon it, but I'd I'd love if you would go into it just a little bit more. And you mentioned the nonprofit you're, and the work that you're doing right now with uh, medical school students. Mm-hmm. You're moving medicine forward uh, that you're doing now kind of, you know, in the, the twilight of your career, which is such a beautiful thing to give back the way you are. Can you tell, tell me how long have you been doing that and how is that going? Yes, we're in our third year for three years. Uh, I've been trying, I realized uh, as much as I love treating patients in the clinic one at a time, it's too too slow. We got we got a bigger arena to work in here uh, if we're going to change the entire course of Western medicine. And I realize the people I need to be speaking to are the med students before they get all this, uh, this idea in their brains that that you got to treat with medicine or surgery. So uh, starting three years ago, we started going around to the medical schools in North America. But I've been uh, in uh, uh, lecture down in Colombia. I've been in Europe and Poland and England. Uh, it's a worldwide effort because all the Western medical paradigms uh, are based on um, uh, everything but uh, what our patients are eating. So, uh, so I was, for two years, I was going around to the medical schools and giving a lecture entitled "What I Wish I Had Learned in Medical School About Nutrition." Uh, and I and I was telling the students, I wish someone had told me this. When I, when I was sitting in those seats where you are now, it would have changed every diagnosis I made, every, every obese, diabetic, hypertensive, inflamed patient I saw, instead of saying etiology unknown. I it's what they're reading, as, as if I wish I had known that. And uh, so I'm saying, now I'm up here telling you, it's the food your patients are eating. Start there before you order another $1,000 scan, another $500 set of blood tests. Ask them what they ate yesterday. And if it's full of burgers and buffalo wings and pepperoni pizzas, that's why they're sitting in front of you, doctors. Send them to the dietitian. Let him or her do the counseling. You see them back in a month. You'll have a healthier patient. And so, uh, and and by the way, that video is on my website. Uh, all, everyone's welcome to go to drclapper.com. I'm sure we have the 
listing there. It's all spelled out. And uh, and and you go to my video section, and you can see the video, you see the presentation I give to the medical students. Well, that's what I was doing until last March, and well, I enter the COVID creature, and uh, that changed everything. I had speaking tours lined up in medical schools at University of Texas and UCLA and Seattle and, uh, and Brazil. I was going down to Sao Paulo, all canceled. So that made us move uh, online like uh, the rest of the world has. Yeah. And, uh, and the message I was giving uh, morphed into a 12-unit masterclass in plant-based clinical nutrition. Now, this is the body of work. Here's how you use plant-based nutrition uh, in your clinic to get your patients healthier. And so um, did 12 masterclasses. Um, they are available, will be available at, after next Sunday. It was going to be our last masterclass. Dr. Michael Greyer uh, is going to be my guest. And we'll be talking about COVID and how the future looks. Uh, and then that 12, uh, uh, 12 unit masterclass will be available for purchase. And, uh, but very importantly, Starting the following month, January, we are launching our plant-based clinical community. And this is for everybody in the health professions, doctors, dentists, nurses, physical therapists, podiatrists, uh, dietitians, everybody. Uh, but just interested lay folks, if, if you've got an interest, you can join our clinical community. Uh, and once a month, uh, it'll be a live interactive session. Uh, I'll be there. Uh, we're going to be talking about some topical issue regarding COVID or obesity or uh, ways to use plant-based nutrition. And then we're going to open it up for discussion uh, right. for people around the world. And I want to know what's happening at your medical school. What's happening in your clinic? Is, is anybody even talking about nutrition? What programs are working? Is plant-based nutrition mentioned? And we wanted to call this into existence. We wanted to become a, a commonplace uh, among plant-based uh, among physicians and health practitioners, we want uh, them to have heard the idea of plant-based nutrition so often that, uh, that, of course, they start using it in their practice and finding out ways to institute it. We really want to change Western medicine and open that door up to what our patients are eating. And I don't know any better way than, than uh, educating the young uh, practitioners and, and talking about it and making it a reality. So, um, so people can go to drclapper.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-K-L-A-P-E-R.com, click on Moving Medicine Forward, uh, and you'll see the courses and our plant-based clinical community there. That's fantastic stuff. Congratulations on that. That's Thank you. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. And, the, and that masterclass, that's really good. That's really mm. good. Mm -mm, good stuff. Um, so you brought up COVID and how, you know, with, with COVID, you had to basically pivot and, and, um, and change things up some. Let's. I'd love to end with with COVID nineteen because you know we're 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 in a pretty interesting place right now. As you know, I mean, COVID hit us in March, and here we are, uh, eight nine months later, and they're starting to roll out the first wave of vaccines for people. Um, you know, we're in an interesting place right now as far as people's I think trust in the scientific community and whether or not these vaccines are safe has has been eroded. Uh, to a certain degree. And I don't want to get into whether or not, you know, people should do vaccines or not right now. I think that that's a, a, a very personal, personal opinion. Um, but what can we all do right now to boost our immune system and make it so that if we do get COVID-19, it's just a little, you know, 
glancing blow as opposed to a full down takedown? <laughs> uh, well, in your question, sir, you really outlined the answer there. And this, we see the, the huge range of responses in the body uh, from yeah. people who either have no symptoms at all or just a day or two of achy, fluey kind of feelings and they're fine. And that's the majority of people, apparently, all the way over to that half percent or one percent that winds up god awful sick uh, and with the blood clots and the lung congestion and they wind up in the ICU and, and often don't come out. Um, so what is uh, where what determines where you are in that continuum? Well, it's, it's getting to be part of the standard litany now. We know those people in ICU on the respirators have some common uh, uh, characteristics. Many, or if not most, are obese. Many or most have type 2 diabetes, uh, or they got some other uh, coexisting problem. They're, they got congestive heart failure, chronic lung disease. Um, so the, the answer is you, you want to, if you're going to be uh, attacked by this virus, uh, you want to be as healthy as you can with a vigorous immune system as you can, uh, with good lungs and not a lot of extra body fat. You know, you want to be a you want to be a greyhound, not a Saint Bernard. If, if, <laughs> in, in, in the dog analogy there, uh, and well, guess what kind of food stream is so effective at making people leaner and uh, and perking up their immune system. Uh, and uh, resolving diabetes and resolving uh, artery disease. Uh, again, this beauty, it's, it's such a, uh, you know, we started talking about the, the, the laws of the universe that so yeah. fascinated me about how the star, how the planets move, et cetera. Well, here's another beautiful validation of the net. We are plant eating creatures. And as long as we've nourished this hominid body on a steady stream of whole plant foods, we wind up lean and healthy with, with normal immune systems. I'm 73. I've got normal blood pressure. Don't take any medicines. I, I bike 20, 30 miles in, in a day. I feel great. I don't feel much different than I did when I was 40. And, and this is, you know, what's how you're supposed to age. So again, coming back to the COVID thing, the best defense is that 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 kale on your plate there, and uh, eat lots of it, and uh, and be smart. You know, don't spend time in inside people where the air is stagnant and there's strangers uh, who may have the virus breathing it and coughing it. Don't put yourself in that position. Uh, be as much time outside as you can. Um, uh, and wear your mask. Uh, it's really important. Um, they don't help. They do. They certainly muffle the, the spread. And, and have some compassion. If you're the, the cashier at a, uh, at a um, supermarket and you've got this parade of the public walking by you, breathing on you all day, uh, ask that cashier, would you rather people be wearing masks or not wearing masks? Well, what do you think she's going to say? Put on your freaking mask already. I got to breathe this air. And, uh, and that's the reality of it. You know, you don't have to wear it at home. You don't have to wear it in the car. But for that 15 minutes you're in the store, put on the freaking mask and have some compassion for your, uh, uh, for the, your fellow human beings here. 
Uh, and yes, wash your hands is important, uh, but uh, again, uh, it's, it's an airborne virus. Don't uh, don't put yourself in, in compromising positions. Uh, we um, we have a lovely outdoor pizza restaurant. We sit on this big patio with big tables, with, uh, eight feet away from everybody, and we go out there. And we have our outdoor pizza once a week or so. So it's not that we're totally cloistered, but we sure don't want to be in in, in a small cubicle with uh, with uh, someone who's coughing. That's for sure. Yep. Yep. Uh, well, Dr. Clapper, this has been absolutely perfect. The perfect way to kick off episode one of, of the Plan Strong uh, podcast season three. Um, you are a, um, a true seeker. You, um, you know, you have kicked off the, the whole Galileo, um, you know, just Galileo inspiration for, for this season. I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for all the great work that you're doing with moving medicine forward and really trying to uh, teach, teach these medical students how to look through that telescope and to, and to see the truth and, uh, and how their medical careers will hopefully never be the same because they will be getting to the root causation of these chronic Western diseases as opposed to just around the periphery. Yeah. Um, what do you think the chances are that you and I are going to see each other at a, a medical immersion program in June and October of 2020. What do you think the chances are? Uh, for October of next year, I'll give you a 50-50. Okay. And June, you're, you're not liking 50-50. Uh, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 80. Okay. <laughs> but, but, but October, 50-50. All right. We'll go for that. All right. Good. Well, Michael, Thank you. Let's do it. Ready? Peace. Let's do it. Peace. Peace. Engine two. Engine two. Keep it plant strong. Keep it plant strong. Please, people, keep it plant strong. Well, there it is. The kickoff to season three with the ultimate Galileo groupie, Dr. Michael Clapper. Every time I hear him speak about the night sky, I'm inspired to learn more, and I hope that you are too. Come along for the journey this season as we explore some of these new truths, meet new thought leaders, and uncover facts about health and nutrition that you may not have known or may not have been willing to accept until now. Let's do this together the Plant Strong way. Thank you for listening to the Plant Strong podcast. You can support the show by taking a quick minute to subscribe, rate, and review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Sharing the show with your network is another great way to help us reach as many people as possible with the great news about plants. Thank you in advance for your support. It means everything to me. Have you had your own Galileo moment that you'd like to share? What happened when you stepped into the arena and shed the beliefs that you thought to be true. I'd love to hear about it. Visit plantstrongpodcast.com to submit your story and to learn more about today's guests and sponsors. The Plant Strong Podcast team includes Carrie Barrett, Lori Kordowich, Amy Mackey, Patrick Gavin, and Wade Clark. This season is dedicated to all of those courageous truth seekers who weren't afraid to look through the lens with clear vision 
and hold firm to a higher truth. Most notably, my parents, Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn Jr. and Ann Cryle Esselstyn. Thanks for listening.